away from him, chips it past Ruben. He's got Caulfield in front. And the center play, Caulfield. Anderson scores! Josh Anderson extends the series. Canadians stay alive, and there will be Game 5. Minus 3. With Dave Damashek. Well, 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 Stanley Cup still TBD. The NBA Finals are nigh. We're halfway through MLB, and football is in the air. Hi and hello, and welcome to Minus 3, along with Eddie Spaghetti. Dave Damashek here, reporting from the banks of the Three Rivers, Pittsburgh, PA. Eddie Spaghetti, happy belated July 4th. How did you celebrate our Independence Day? Happy for the July to you as well. I celebrated by going to the beach the day before, so July 3rd, uh, just due to friend scheduling. My girlfriend had work, so Saturday was the day we picked. Went down to Dockweiler in Los Angeles, right by the airport. It's like one of those beaches where you could uh, do a fire, like in a fire pit. So we had it for the entire day. Uh, oh, nice, like Karate set. Kid. Yeah, exactly. We had the we had the, the fire pit going from well, not for the whole day, but we got there eleven o'clock. Stayed until around nine. You know, just sitting the beach, grilled some wieners on top of the fire, did some s'mores, watched the planes fly over the top. It was a it was a pretty good day. Did a toe headed tough come by and ruin your um, twilight time by the sea? Break your boombox and it went down from there. That's why that's how Larusso and Cobra Kai first started their entanglement we were uh, pretty lucky no no boombox incidents i had my the music playing uh we had like i said plenty of wieners uh the, the fire felt good at night because it gets nice. cool here in the la beaches so it was uh, it was really really good I, I definitely recommend that it would do that again in the future it beats you know spending a ton of money traveling somewhere running a place going well wait, what the hell excuse me excuse me i traveled somewhere and yeah. I, i've traveled to the banks of the three rivers and things have gone very nicely in fact perhaps too well because I may not be allowed to ever leave, which, you know, wouldn't really upset me all that much. But um, the since I arrived, the Pittsburgh Pirates undefeated. Coincidence? Probably. But I, I don't know yet. We'll have to go and see. In fact, I'm making my way over to the glorious ballpark this evening to watch the Buccos see if they can continue their role. The Atlanta Braves, July 4th. You may have had a nice one by the beach. The Braves most certainly have not uh, a shameful display so far in Pittsburgh PA from those Braves that uh, we'll see if they can do it. What do you think there spaghetti Ian Anderson against those buckos um, really put it on the Braves on um, what night was that? See, I'm very confused with the holiday Monday night. Um, they really put it on them. I think I'm going to roll with the Braves to, to get right here as we get into some of our best bets here for the next couple of days the the Braves on the money line mi- minus 194 the total on that one is nine um I mean listen I would never bet against any of my teams so I'm certainly not going to start now but uh, you might want to look at the Braves there the big item of course Jake DeGrom whenever Jacob DeGrom's on the hump it's must watch television although he has allowed um, a few runs the total on that one well below the the league average there seven is the total on that one. I still am going to go under that one at minus 114. What do you think? Brett Anderson in town to play the Metropolitans in Queens. Spaghetti, how say you? 
Well, the first number you look at whenever DeGrom's in the bump is the total. It's seven, which is a pretty low number. I, I think he does rebound. And the Mets, uh, they you know they, they just squeak by when they win this one. So I do like the under and seven here. Uh, it is funny that there is a guy in the Brewers, Willie Adams, who has hit a home run off of DeGrom. Not saying to maybe to use the, the, the Tuesday dinger on that, but it is pretty interesting to go through you know the batting order and see who has uh, gone yard off of Jake DeGrom. So he has done it. He's plus 420 right now on FanDuel.com slash minus three so just saying if you want to go there i know pete alonzo did have a bomb a couple days back he's probably your best bet for the mets uh to go yard there and like the mets right now are they're in that stretch where they're hoping francisco lindor picks it up if they're going to make some moves the deadline so uh anytime degrom's the bump for the mets they need to basically secure this this victory so i, I like the mets to win today yeah on your uh tuesday night slate i'm with you as i say league average you very rarely see um uh, over under totals below eight and it's at seven there in Queens. The other side of the spectrum is the total is nine and a half in Wrigley. The winds blowing out as the, as the Phillies pay a visit there. I say still not high enough as the wind is blowing out. The conditions are just right for many bombs, a wonderful atmosphere in Wrigley tonight. I say on, uh, on this Tuesday night, I say go over that uh, nine and a half at uh, minus one Oh two fanduel.com slash minus three is how you bet all of those. And um, Eddie Spaghetti, like I say, in Pittsburgh here, I'll go to one of the uh, one of the must thing, one of the must do things that when you're out here, my wife said to me, like, take me to what the tourists do. What do you do when you're in Pittsburgh? You know, like, and I like, I mean, tourism i don't know that tourism is a is a big ticket item here in pittsburgh it's all about the teams you go and see that and then you eat delicious foods you eat uh, good pizzas and promantes and all of that it is fun we also went to kennywood um the uh, you know do you have that you yeah it's an amusement park no they see here's here's a here's what you what did you say it was Uh, what kind of it was a water a water park i mean i'm thinking oh no um I'm thinking, I think Dorney Park, which is another one in Pennsylvania, but you're okay. Kennywood, I've heard of. Yeah. Well, Kennywood is awesome because, you know, as they always say, when you get off the airplane, you usually get a good sense of what's important to, uh, to the locals. And when you get off the airplane in Pittsburgh, the first thing you see is a big statue of the father of our nation, George Washington. And right next to him is the father of the Pittsburgh Steelers dynasty, Franco Harris, uh, who initiated it with the Immaculate Reception. There is a uh, a statue of Franco posed for all of time, making the Immaculate Reception. So that was an exciting arrival, um, or to, exciting for everybody who I brought out with me for the first time to see Pittsburgh, to know what it is. And then we went to Kennywood um, to ride the coasters and all that. And I think it really defines the city as much as anything that they have. How many places, as you know, you love your Yankees. New York City loves its sports. Los Angeles loves its Lakers and Dodgers and everything else. But only Pittsburgh, as far as I know, has a roller coaster devoted to the local football team. There's the Steel Curtain, and it is, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, maybe the best roller coaster I've ever been on my, in my life. Do you like the coaster spaghetti? I do. I like the 
wooden like the my favorite one probably ever yes is the wooden in, ones right the wooden ones uh the name of it is el toro el toro and uh six flags Red adventure in new jersey and uh, i've been on that one quite a bit i mean i could do the the loop ones i believe there's one in disney near us uh the incredicoaster which is a ton of fun yeah the incredicoaster in disneyland is awesome yes it, gets it really you, freaked out my little kids right you, you sit there for five seconds all of a sudden the guy just takes off and you have no time to react to it, which i think helps because growing up i wasn't I wasn't afraid of roller coasters. I just have a weak stomach. Um, I am prone to seasickness, motion sickness, so I wasn't the biggest fan. Then I guess at some age, I kind of figured out how to ride the coasters without getting sick, and I do enjoy them. But I, I would take the wood ones, even without the loops, because I know they really can't do that. They're they're the most fun. I can't. Yeah. Well, the thing I can't do anymore is, and it's a product. In fact, I went to the doctor and I said, "Hey, I went on. Uh, I did some go karting with uh, with my kids with uh, Jean Claude Van Damaschek uh, a couple few weeks ago, and I really got like sort of seasick, like you say. I got like vertigo or something while I was driving the doing the circles endlessly. And I said, "Is there something wrong with my equilibrium? Is there something wrong with my ear?" And he said, "No, you're old." And that's what I said, wait, well, there's got to be some solve for this. He said, no, no, no. Roller coasters and spinning things like that just aren't designed for people your age. And I, I really felt very sad then. Um, but uh, I don't like the spinning ones, but this this steel curtain, it's like loop-de-loops and like the corkscrews and all that kind of stuff. It's a newfangled one. It's not the wooden kind. But uh, either way, it is uh, – I love Coaster. And I also Cedar Point in on the on the wrong side of the Ohio-Pennsylvania border um, is, uh, is a great place with a bunch of great coasters. Man, I love doing the coasters. Maybe we should do that next summer, Spaghetti. We should – or maybe, you know what? Maybe by even this summer's end, we should make our proper list of, of the best roller coasters we've been on. Um, but – I did go, we were in there and, and it is the epicenter for great Yinzer accents. And so if you, if you'll indulge me spaghetti, I, I put together my win play show, the best Yinzer comments I've, I've heard so far since we arrived in Pittsburgh just a couple of days ago. Would you like to hear it? I, I would love to. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, the first one, the third place is, uh, I went into the bathroom, uh, to make some water of course. And, uh, somebody walked in behind me, a Yinzer guy walked in and he said to his pal, he's like, Dave, it always smells like garbage and ass in here. Um, so I thought that was a fun one. Uh, that's a bathroom. It all like the, 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 the guy marveling that in that particular bathroom, apparently it smells like garbage and ass in here. Um, then a lady, uh, said at the grocery store they had five dollar t-shirts that said battle and buckos on it um and uh and so of course i had to buy one buy one for jean-claude van damashek a you know a grocery store t-shirt what how, how could i pass up that he's my my son after all so i got one of those and the uh, lady as she checked it out she's like oh the buckos it's too bad their owners ain't even from here and they're from West Virginia. The Nutting family isn't from Pittsburgh, you see. They're from West Virginia. So the locals lamenting um, the ownership. And then the number one statement I've heard so far is um, out of context, still um, great stuff. A woman who had a deep, dark tan, like the like the tan mob kind of level tan and a big hole but in her uh, to reveal her cleavage as she walked around with her child and everything. She said, uh, she said, Yen's. I don't even know where in hell Cheyenne's at. I thought that was a good one. Cheyenne. She didn't even know where Cheyenne's at, dude. 
She didn't know where Cheyenne's at. Anyway, listen, it's uh, it's just marvelous out here. Um, love getting out here any time of the year. Hope we can make a return trip come Steeler season. And we want to talk a little bit of pro football here. Like I say, it is in the air. Spaghetti, FanDuel has a whole bunch of fun props up there right now. And I do want to dig in on those. Before we do, did you watch the Stanley Cup game four? When I'm wrong, I say I'm long wrong like uh, the late great jerry or i can't get, get that out clean i'm when i'm wrong i say i'm wrong like the late great jerry Orbach says at the end of dirty dancing i told you the lightning were gonna sweep i thought after game three it was in the bag i thought the habs would perhaps not lay down but kind of I've been pointing at this one the last few weeks, and apparently it's no longer true. I always had the sense that human beings, when it's like, all right, we're not going to win this series. Do we really want to get back on the plane and head all the way back down to Tampa Bay and play a game five? Well, let's just start summer now. The The next NHL season will start in just a few months anyway. And yet the Habs did show up. I do think Kucherov helped them out, hitting the post. That should have been the cup clincher there for the best player on the NHL's best team, but the Blue Blanc Rouge lived to play another night, specifically tomorrow night. I stick with it. I know I apologize to all who listened to me on the sweep. Like I say, I was certain it was going to happen until the pretty neat, pretty uh, fun overtime goal there, all those rebounds when it's sitting right on the doorstep and finally someone banged it in for the Habs to force that game five. Spaghetti, how say you? Any chance? Do you think that, they, that this gives them... Um, the the Habs any uh, any shot at the cup or do we say they just delayed the inevitable and like the Tampa St. Pete mayor hoped for got to be careful what you wish for with these things hoping that the ha- that the that the lightning would lose up in Montreal so that the locals could celebrate it down in Tampa yeah I don't know it feels like playing with fire but I do think that uh, it, it this kind of sets up for a celebratory atmosphere. The lightning must have gotten on the plane a little bummed out on Monday night. Like, man, we should have been celebrating and we should have the Stanley cup on this plane for our trip back down to Florida. But then I'm sure their minds turned to like, Oh man, we have a chance to to have a great party, especially after winning the cup last year in the bubble, they were deprived of that. I bet you they um, are really going to come out flying on wednesday night how say you uh yeah it's funny that the the mayor of Tampa Bay said they wanted to win at home because you know if i'm ever in a position of public office or or i have access to to speak i want to tell them do not ever say that about one of my teams you want to win and as like least amount of games possible because like you always bring up there's the curse of supposed to so now you have the mayor saying that and then you go and you know you have the cup in the building which brings an extra pressure they always like talk about Mm -hmm. the the guy wheeling it out the guy the long hair and the gloves that whole bit and you're, you're right. There's the curse was supposed to. They, they've been the better team. I know I've said the Lightning, this, this series is going to go seven games. But the last thing you want to do is you give them a little bit of life. They had some life in game two, the, the Canadians. They didn't get it done. So the Habs probably win game four now in overtime. If they go and win game five in Tampa, game six now back in the Bell Center, I, like, I'm not, like, I think. Now it gets scary. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Because like, yeah, now. When you talk about supposed to, you're absolutely right. The Lightning are feeling probably pretty good right now. Like, okay, it's not the end of the world that we didn't win the Stanley Cup up there. We should have finished them off, but we're going to get to have a party. But to your point, if the Habs get a goal, they get into they get to the first intermission with a lead, it becomes kind of realistic 
that, boy, we can be heading back up to our neck of the woods. And then the pressure really, really is on the Lightning. Yeah, and they're they're clearly not um, the better team here. Lightning are the far superior right. team, but it doesn't seem to really matter ever in NHL playoffs history. And like, like I said, I, I picked this to go seven. It, it seemed like it was going to go five games now, but if there's a chance that the, the Canadians could pull this one off, I, I think if they do win this next game, Game five in Tampa Bay. I think this does go the length. I think it goes the distance here because hmm. that just you you, you got to roll with the momentum here. Um, and you know I, if they're going to keep getting a goal and a half, the Canadians, I'm going to probably keep taking that just because I think they're going to be close. I don't. They're getting outplayed. But I don't think they're that bad of a team. I think if they lose the series in five, we're going to say, "Wow, this is such a mismatch." I don't. I still don't really feel that. But I. Um, but yeah, this is not a position you want to be in. Uh, and unfortunately, I think for the other you know series that's about to go on the NBA. I think that could be, you know, this wasn't a sweep. It was almost a sweep. I think that could also be a sweep potentially. So I'm just really hoping for a longer series because I think as a sports fan, I know, we, listen. Want, we want to enjoy our time here before we're still a few months away from football, like we mentioned. So it's like, please just, you know, for the sake of fandom, give us a longer series in the NHL. Give us a longer NBA finals. Just read something to root for. I know we. We haven't, you know, we, we've uh, been a part of the lamenting the state of this NBA postseason. What are you going to do? It does uh, set up for the Suns to win it. I will say, though, real quick on the Lightning, uh, minus a goal and a half at plus 134. I like that um, as the bet. If you want to take the 60-minute line, the Lightning are minus 130. Eddie Spaghetti, go ahead, though. Take your Habs at plus 290. Yeah, you I'm going to take them plus 60-minute line. Uh, oh, oh okay. I, I I just like them. I like them keeping it close. I think all these games too. The total right now is not as on. It's at five. Uh, man, if it was like five and a half, I would say under. I think these games are all going to be very very close. Uh, like just playing super super tight. But definitely the the Habs getting a goal and a half. I think is going to be close. Also thinking about in terms of cities you party in. It's funny because most I'm not sure how many players in the Lightning are Canadian. But it's like Montreal, from what I've heard. I've never been there. Is a pretty fun city. To, city I've to heard. Party in. I've heard it actually described. And you know who it is? It, who told me this? Uh, one of the people have mentioned this, but it's not just him. It's our it's our pal, our hero, cousin Sal, who just turned fifty. Happy birthday, belatedly, yes, to yes. our uh, to our leader here, cousin Sal, Jacob Degrom. Like we say, we'll probably deliver a victory belatedly to celebrate the occasion there. Um, but yeah, he described among other people as Montreal is the best city in North America. That's a strong statement. I've never been there. I can't. Uh, I'll have to go and inspect it. Maybe you and me need to take a road trip, some CFL action or something. Yeah, I mean, then they're known for like what their their poutine and uh, mm. their their bagels, and then plus it's uh, their bagels. That's yeah, what they're known yeah. for. Yep. Yep. Really, uh, and, Montreal and of, bagels. And in terms of nightlife, uh, I, I have heard they have the most uh, amount of, uh, I believe, strip club. Uh, bars, establishments, if you're into that sort of thing. But I feel like Tampa Bay has their fair share as well and a few Hooters that John Gruden may own. So it's like mm. either way, either, you know, if True. you're going to win in Tampa, you're going to win in Montreal. I think either way, as, as a player on the, on the, on the probably the Tampa Bay Lightning, you're going to be okay no matter where you win. Boy, that's an interesting point you raise. Has, has there ever been in championship round history a bigger difference between the two towns that are in it? Tampa St. Pete in Florida and Montreal, which French feels like speaking Montreal versus, uh, you know, guys in cutoff and jorts in Tampa Bay. Yeah, it's, it's vastly different. Yeah. 
then again, Milwaukee and Phoenix are not just on the same planet, but they're in the same nation. That also seems very weird to me. The the land of cheese versus um, the Valley of the Sun. If you put the cheese, so who wins that? So if we determined it based on people always do it like, you know, I like to do that kind of thing. Like a buck is a deer against the sun. Eventually the sun's going to win that. And then the same thing, like if the main product is sunshine in Phoenix, it also would vanquish the chief product of Wisconsin, which is cheese. But I enjoy melted cheese. And that is why I am taking the Phoenix Suns to win the series. And I don't know about a sweep. I think that the Suns have shaken me just a little bit. And by the way, as a side note, we like to keep our eyes focused on all things Northeast in sports America here. Unfortunately, the teams in that region of the country haven't accommodated us um, here in July. And so we're focusing in on these finals. We're going to get to a little football action though in just a second here, but I like the Suns. I don't have the confidence based on their performance against a, um, against the Clips team that didn't have its best player. They still struggled there a little bit, which leaves me a little bit underwhelmed by this Phoenix Suns team. Nevertheless, I am going to take the Suns to win the series. I'll say uh, take them in five if you want to circle a um, uh, uh, the games total in that one. But the bet I like best is Devin Booker plus 600 to be the MVP of the series. Um, spaghetti, a lot of heat on Chris Paul, a lot of celebrating, finally getting to the finals there. He's available for you at plus 1,100, but the bookmakers are um, in agreement with Damashek here. Booker is the superior scorer. That's what tends to win out to me. Um, he's going to emerge from this entire playoff run, but after the finals, especially as uh, the emerging superstar in, uh, in the NBA. So Booker plus 600, the coronation is complete. The Suns get it done for the first time in forever. How say you? Well, uh, like we just mentioned, I was totally, I'm 99% sure I was wrong about the uh, NHL Stanley cup finals. I said that I was going to go seven. Looks like I was wrong there. So for this one, I'm going to go the opposite. I think I'm going to go Suns and four. I think uh, not just hmm. because of the, the guy holding it up, but I just think they're the, the far superior team. I think sometimes like that that team of destiny thing kind of gets, and if it's in our minds, I'm sure some Bucks players have it like, oh man, Chris Paul is finally here, and they're they have him, and they have DeAndre Ayton, and they have Devin Booker, and they're a well coached team, or you know our best player is injured, and I think that definitely plays. Uh, a factor in it so uh, I said last week DeAndre Aiden I think he was plus 2,000 last week to win finals MVP I ha- he's plus 2,400 right now so I still like him part of me thinks that Chris Paul and Devin Booker kind of cancel each other out although I do think uh, what Hench said about the him being the darling of the finals definitely will play a part his number seems to be getting bought up so but yeah the the Suns in four right now in FanDuel it's uh, plus 800 uh to win the series Suns win the series in four games and then just the series in general going four games if you could bet on that is is plus 600 in FanDuel I like that I just think they're going to come in take care of business and they're going to win and all the Suns fans could be happy for how many there are but uh, us sports fans who just want to sit back and watch a game uh, I'm afraid we're going to have only a, a very very short amount the shortest possible amount of nba games left this season it's funny by by the way sorry i'm a dummy as usual i screwed up those uh those mvp odds chris paul is at plus 155 so the bookmakers are are on board 
with the sentimentality of Chris Paul getting it. I am with Devin Booker at plus 250. Spaghetti rightly says DeAndre Ayton at uh, plus 2,400. The value is nice there. Drew Holiday at plus 750. I mean, of course, Chris Middleton's got to be the star if the Bucks are going to do it. So if you somehow believe in Milwaukee at this point, bet Chris Middleton to get the MVP. I really can't see a path for them winning the series without him leading the way at plus 550. Or Giannis there, plus 650. I, it is a bummer, man. It's a, If you're a Bucks fan... This is all we always talk about, the progressive nature of the NBA postseason. The teams build up to this. Rarely does a team just sort of like come out of nowhere, kind of like the Suns have. As a matter of fact, they're the anomaly here. This ha- that, that happened with the Pistons back in, what, aught three, aught four, when they knocked off the uh, long-in-the-tooth Lakers and um, the year the Mavs won it. There are a couple of those anomalous kind of seasons that, that uh, break through there. And I do think the Suns certainly wind up winning this one, but the Bucks and their fans must just be sick because this has been kind of like a three or four year build to this moment. And they're deprived of it like just about every other NBA team because of injury and the great irony, the, uh, the sports God sense of humor breaking through once again, Chris Paul, the most injury prone of all stars is healthy, even though he almost got hurt a couple of times really badly. It looked like, Oh man, once again, Chris Paul's going out. Um, but he's come through clean and, so too will the Suns. Now let's talk a little bit of uh, NFL here, Eddie Spaghetti. We'll keep it nice and light. It's summertime. Um, you know, they're Primanti's, uh sandwiches to eat with fries and coleslaw on them. So I don't want to hold you up too long here, but let's go through some of these, um, these fun um, player props that are available for you at fanduel.com. Check them all out here. Uh, what do you want to start off with here, Eddie Spaghetti? Should we do regular season rushing yards would you like to talk about that a regular season passing yards you want to talk about some win totals what's your pleasure here week one starters there is some news on that front um other rogers is still out there talking about staying quiet and the silent man is wise and i don't know what any of that means if you look online you'll see some buzz that this is the week that aaron Rodgers is made a Denver Bronco. How say you on all of that? The Denver Broncos starting QB week one odds still are Drew Locke at plus 145, Teddy B at plus 145, Brett Rippon at plus 1600, but there's other Rodgers at plus 220 available for you. Are you buying that yet, Spaghetti? I'm, I'm still firmly in the camp that Aaron Rodgers is going to be wearing only Green Bay Packers, green and yellow this upcoming season. He's not going anywhere. It is the time of this recording. It is July 6th. He's not going anywhere. I also believe there was some sort of contract thing that kicked in that they had to owe him money. Um, obviously, if he if he does report, if he doesn't report and he sits out of, you know, for the whole entire season, I think it's just it's pretty much the end of his career. I don't think it's going to be a good move for a guy who's 39 years old. But I think week one, what the, the my Giants are playing the Broncos, right? They'll be playing a combination of Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater uh, week one. I know it's funny because if it, let's say Rodgers does move just for the fun of it, what then becomes a Teddy B? And then as a reminder, you have Andy Dalton in Chicago at this point, even though, and then of course they get Justin Fields who should be the starter and it'll be loco if they do anything but that. But then you also still have 
Nick Foles, who was celebrated at least on the eastern side of Pennsylvania and, and pretty good uh, the world over for vanquishing the Patriots. That was just a handful of years ago. That's what I always talk about with QB saturation. You talk about how many good quarterbacks there are. I mean, Nick Foles is a viable starter. Imagine if he winds up a third-string quarterback in Chicago in 2021. That's only four years after or three and a half years after he defeated Tom Brady and the Patriots in the Super Bowl. So it's uh, um, it's interesting. I wonder, though, if Teddy B would get moved, if that would be um, something that – or and, and, and again, I keep pointing it out. Deshaun Watson is still sitting out there. I think he's um, kryptonite right now. I don't know any franchise that's going to reach out, including the Houston Texans, and embrace him right now. But still, there, there are QBs out there that are intriguing. Um but I am gonna I'm gonna stay with Aaron Rodgers at plus two twenty that he winds up on the Broncos. But I'm with you. At some point, it becomes impossible to integrate him into the offense. Well, that and I I get from his standpoint, he doesn't. He's probably not looking at. He's just looking at his his pure hatred for the Packers organization. He can't stand them. Doesn't want to deal with them anymore. But in terms of football, and I'm not. I mean, I'm not sure if this is crossing his mind, but it's crossing my mind. Is that it's a way easier path to stay in the NFC North to make a run in the playoffs. If you want to, you know, give a giant fu to the Packers, and you're going to say like, hey, you guys don't draft the, the pieces that I want. You don't sign for agents that I want. You don't keep the players that I want. Um, and he goes on a run, and he could potentially get back into the Super Bowl again this year in Los. Angeles I mean the path from the AFC West versus the NFC North to me is night and day and if you look at the bigger picture of the NFC it's like are you is he really worried about the NFC East any team there probably not I wouldn't be NFC South like are the Bucks really going to repeat is old time Brady going to do it again are you really that afraid of the the Drew Breesless Saints because I mean I'm 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 telling you I I know know you like them yeah but I'm not I'm not a big Saints guy (laughs) <laughs> I, I we're down to like that's that's exactly right. If you're doing the math, if you're Rogers, you you could be as raw as you want about uh, the front office and everything else. But the the fact is that the NFC has a much breezier path, ironically, without Drew Brees, um, a breezier path than the AFC does. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly right. I like the Saints a lot. I like the Rams to go to the Super Bowl. As a matter of fact, you still got the 43-year-old man down there in the aforementioned Tampa St. Pete area. Um, speaking of that, though, what's your uh, what's your wager on week one Patriots starting QB? You want to get in on this now, I suspect, because things will clarify once we get to August and we start here at Belichick around practice and what Cam looks like and what the kid Mac Jones is looking like. Cam Newton right now to be the week one starter, minus 185. I'm leaning that way. Um, odds not juicy enough for me to to actually make that wager on number one, but Mac Jones at plus 170 is sitting there. Ooh, you could get Jaron Stidham at plus 950. That would be fun if that ended up happening. But um, I think that Belichick honors his vets in such a way. You, you, you hear guys, the, the book on Belichick is, oh, people don't understand. I do think that Cam Newton doesn't resign there if he if if he doesn't have a pretty good assurance i'm sure belichick doesn't say cam you're definitely going to start for us no matter what happens in the draft um but i gotta think that belichick takes care of his vets to the to the degree that at least he's gonna start cam newton in 2021 over mac jones how say you 
I think if there ever was a scenario where there's a guy who's on the shortest of leashes and they're ready to yeah. pull the plug on that, I think that's Cam Newton. I think he's for sure the starter in week one outside of an injury. If he pulls a hammer or something, you know, weightlifting or in practice, then sure, then it, then it'll be Mac Jones's team. But I think I think Bell Belichick definitely does like Cam Newton. I think there was flashes last year of what, you know, that Seattle game everyone go, goes back to. It's like, yeah, this is what could happen when things are running at, at full strength right now but I think it, the minute he starts to slip up and starts you know he's throwing his the, the balls into the ground and they're going to hear all the, the 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 clamoring to bring on Mac Jones start the new regime over this team needs to kind of go through a semi-rebuild they're not going to win the division with with you know the Bills and Josh Allen there plus the you know the the, the Dolphins who I think are going to get a little bit better the Jets will in time be better it's a weird spot for the Patriots because you know if they're not going to win games and they rattle off a bunch of wins right off the bat this team may have to look kind of look at itself and go all right it's time to kind of cut bait with these like veterans that are hanging on and just kind of rebuild from scratch if they believe if you're an optimist though and you believe in that defense that you know of 2019 and the pieces returning the pieces that are returning after the two years away um i like that and you know belichick I don't think, I mean, obviously as a personnel guy, he's not uh, as good as he is as a, uh, a scheme guy, but um, you look at what they did in free agency and it does, if you blur your eyes a little bit where I, I always make fun of the weapons that Cam Newton had in 2015. That's why I always say he's a potential future hall of famer here because of his rookie season combined with the 2015, 15 and one run where he was throwing the ball to Ted Ginn jr. And Philly Brown, they kind of have that vibe. They have speed now at receiver and they have playmakers at tight end. It, it, and can run the ball at you and everything else. It does set up in a nice way for cam. It, it, it does feel built to uh cam strengths remember cam newton as i make fun of his uh wide receivers he did have greg olson and now yeah i feel like you know hunter henry and johnny smith can kind of um you know provide the the playmaking the way greg olson used to um five years ago so i kind of i I, I do like Cam as a starter. Like I say, I don't uh, love those odds. Doesn't make it worth it for me. The, I don't see the value there um, to make that bet. But um, spaghetti, let's do here. What do you want to do? I want to stick with quarterbacks. You want to do most regular season passing yards. I, I Patrick will sprinkle on something with quarterbacks, and this is really the theory, the theory I've been working on. And this is what the NFC South, and now we're Northeast focused here. And I'm not sure there's a way to, to kind of. Uh, bet on this because I know they have New Orleans Saints starting quarterback week one. I don't think he's going to start week one, but I wish there was a player prop for how many games or how many passes he would attempt because I would take the over with uh, Ian Book. And I'm not just saying this as a Notre Dame fan, but I think the Saints are really? a very... They're a very strange team at quarterback. I, I think this whole Jameis versus Taysom Hill thing is it's like a, a saga that neither of them are going to win. At, uh, they're they're hmm. not going to be the future. I just don't see that happening. I think uh, the Taysom Hill project is a very weird thing. And Jameis is just he's just too mistake prone. Like I know we've been seeing, you know, his offseason workouts of him getting, you know, bags on him. And I know his vision's fixed. And well, look, if it happens, then I'll, I'll eat a plate of crow. But as of now, I don't buy Jameis being that guy. But the interesting thing is that Drew Brees retired. He goes to work for where? NBC. NBC hosts which games? Notre Dame every single week. And he works on the broadcast. And I'm not saying he's the reason why Ian Book was drafted by the Saints. But I definitely think 
that the Saints listen to Drew Brees. And I, mean, I know that I know for a fact that they've had meetings and they've done stuff together, Ian Book and Drew Brees. And uh, he probably went to the Saints and was like, "Hey, listen, I'm a small, hmm. I'm a smaller guy. He's a smaller guy. They're mobile when they need to be. Uh, all Ian Book more so." And Drew Brees is like, "Listen, take this guy. He's a smart kid. He'll find a way to work it out." And the, I, the Saints. My opinion, they listened to him, so I was kind of working those little connections there, and I would not be shocked if we see him under center for a little bit of a stretch this season. I wish there was a way to kind of monetize that on on FanDuel, but I I do th- maybe what I'm trying to say is the Saints are going to be in a lot of trouble this year. So whatever their win total is about the under, that's basically what I'm going to say. But I think Ian Book will play uh, a, a portion of the season for the Saints. Oh, uh, that's funny. That's a great. I, I really do like that. I like the Panthers to rise up a little bit in the South. Um, I think they got. I mean, year two of Matt Rule. Um, the clever offensive brains tend to break through and uh, with the, you know, we, we know season one for the rule regime in Carolina was all about drafting defense and loading up on that side. This last uh, few months have been more about the offensive side of things. They uh, got Sam Darnold on purpose for a reason. And Matt rule, I'll trust him more than I trust my own eyes when it comes to picking out a quarterback. Um, that's who they went and got. I, I think they'll be interesting. And I know Tom Brady got everybody to sign back after the Super Bowl and everything else. I, I am going to continue to go with the Saints there. And people think that that's a little loco until you realize Drew Brees and the Saints already beat them a year ago. I know people think that the Bucks are going to be better. Keep in mind, though, Tom Brady is, after all, a human being it is funny somebody asked me the other one of my uh one of my nephews said like is tom brady you think he's the best to ever play and it really is a hard question to answer because to your eyes he's obviously not the best it's it really is weird that that guy is the greatest football player our most beloved sport of all and it's that guy it's really hard to um it's paradoxical that 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 human being is the best to ever do it but at some point he does have to come back to earth he's going to retire at some point and i do think that uh, the relatively spry Jameis winston in this second act of his life is going to be a big story here even though from a fantasy perspective you don't want Jameis because of the Taysom hill factor because he'll get a lot of um close to the goal line touchdown so avoid Jameis in fantasy do embrace the saints in real terms um in passing yards Jameis has led the league in total passing yards so has ben roethlisberger both of them sit at with pretty juicy odds at plus seven thousand to lead the nfl in regular season passing yards this year patrick mahomes leading the way i guess that's not that surprising at plus 310 dak prescott at plus 500 josh allen at plus 850 and there's uh the aforementioned tom brady at plus 950 i would avoid that one um Justin Rogers is interesting. Uh, Justin uh, Herbert. Ooh, Freudian. Justin Herbert plus 1200. Um, I think I will. Uh, I think I roll on that list with the team that I think is going to the Super Bowl from the AFC. I'm going to go with Justin Herbert having a big sophomore season at plus 1200 passing yards this season. How say you spaghetti? The name on there I like a lot, uh, who's just behind Justin Herbert there, is Matt Ryan. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Matt Ryan, just from, obviously, the look, the big story is what? They lose Julio Jones. But they do bring in Kyle Pitts, who, you know, before he was even drafted, people were like, oh, he's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. You don't have to watch his career. He's a Hall of Famer. Uh, right. they, still have, they still have a guy named Calvin Ridley, who's as good as it gets. And they have a bunch of other good receivers there. And they one. They don't have a very, really, really, really bad run game going on. I know, like Todd Gurley was trying to bring him in last year for an experiment that doesn't work out. He's going to be passing the ball a ton, Matty Ice, and I think it's kind of like 
a chip on his shoulder season because there were rumors that maybe they're going to move on from him and look for somebody else, and they stuck with him. I think they're just going to air it out. That's really their only chance to kind of win games in that division is just to air it out. Their defense is, you know, it's been banged up the last few years, and I think he's just going to air it out. He's pretty good value on him at plus 1,300, so I like Matty Ice. I want to give you one more here, Spaghetti. Yeah, that's a, I, I really do think that's a great call because, of course, what you're considering is not – it's when, when you're betting total passing yards, you're not just betting on the quality of the quarterback. You're also kind of hoping it's the same sort of rule with fantasy football. It's why I won um, against Cousin – right, Hench and Cousin Sal and everybody else. Well, it's also – um, you want a bad defense. If you're betting uh, if, from a fantasy perspective, you want your um, your QB to not have a great defense so that he's in shootouts all the time. That's why I took Kyler Murray and why it worked out for me a year ago. Um, so uh, consider that. It's not like you're taking Tom Brady because he's on a good team. That's, that, that, that doesn't lead to high passing totals. The rush yards kind of impact is related to the same thing obviously the successful teams generally speaking at some point are going to turn around in second halves of games where they have a lead and try and grind you out a little bit um derrick henry sitting there leading the way at plus 450 no surprise there cmc at plus 600 along with dalvin cook nick chubb a lot of people call him the best back in football hard to disagree at plus 850 you know who I like on the your boy Saquon's there plus sixteen hundred with a great value. If you want to make that bet, I love the offensive line as does the rest of the world. I don't love Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. I do like the defense. It sets up in a relatively soft and a AFC South. Jonathan Taylor, year two. We always talk about the the rookie contract running backs. Those are the guys you want with the fresh, younger legs. Jonathan Taylor plus eleven hundred. That's my play for to lead the league in rush yards in twenty twenty one. If you watched him a year ago, you saw that he's uh, he's got the the great combo of the size and speed and everything else. Didn't fumble as much as some people like me thought he might struggle with getting into the NFL. I like Jonathan Taylor in year two. I'm uh, that's would have been my pick 100%. I think it's mm. decent odds at plus 1100, uh, but not to be boring and pick at the same guy that you did. And and this is this is a quite a long shot. And I'm not saying that he's going to definitely uh, be in the running there because it seems like there's a couple running backs ahead of him. But from me doing my early fantasy research and just reports that are coming out. The Denver Broncos really, really love Javante Williams. He's plus 7,000 uh, right now to lead the league in rushing. I know he's a rookie, but he's a guy like the, everyone loved the UNC running backs coming out of the draft. He's a guy I want to take a flyer on somebody to, to add in there. I would not be shocked, especially a team with, uh, you know, you know, instability. Well, unless they get Aaron Rodgers. But right now with the, the, the Teddy B and the Drew Locke scenario going on, the quarterback, I think, you know, if he wins out in camp and, you know, they have to deal with Melvin Gordon. And, but I that from all reports, all their B-Runners, they love Javante Williams. People love him in the draft. I think he's a guy that will be, he'll be a household name uh, a year from now. So I, I, he's a guy if you really want to get a, a younger, like, rookie, second-year player, looking for one of those, a long shot, I think he's your guy. Excellent. Um, and you know what, Spaghetti? You talk football good. You do good hockey talking, uh, some uh, nba in, but your wheelhouse, of course, has become the Tuesday Dinger prop available at FanDuel Sportsbook. Make sure you get in on this $5 Dinger Tuesday. Spaghetti is red hot in a way. I don't even know who the comp is because Devin Booker's been up and down. He's had a couple of off nights. Eddie Spaghetti, no weeks off for you this baseball season. Not on Tuesdays, not when it's time to announce a dinger. 
Let's do it, Spaghetti here. FanDuel is letting you place. Here we go now. Your first bet, risk-free. New users get up to $1,000 back in site credit. If your first bet doesn't win, only gets better from there. You must check out. You must listen to your friend, Eddie Spaghetti here. FanDuel's new promo live. Every Tuesday, $5 Dinger Tuesdays, you place a $25 plus wager on any player to hit a home run and get a $5 bonus insight credit for every home run hit in the game. FanDuel Sportsbook, we love the same game parlays, all those props we just went over in the NFL and all of that. There's a reason it is the number one app in or number one uh, sportsbook in the U.S., but mainly because of Eddie Spaghetti and the hot roll he's on. Go ahead, Spaghetti. Who hits a home run tonight in MLB? Well, I think I've been giving out non-Yankees uh, games picks lately. I think I've given Not out Not really. You did it once, been, but okay. Yeah, if you, uh, I've given out some Red Sox. I've given Otani. I've given uh, some Mets, I believe. So now I'm going to go back to the Yankees. And I know Sal's going to ask me this later on today, too. So what I'm going to do in this one, I'm going to kind of – uh, pick both sides of the stick here. Yankees are playing the Mariners. Like we mentioned before, the, the totals have been so high because of you know the lack of spider attack, and especially when you have teams with home run hitters like the Yankees do. The Mariners have. Oh, by the run. way, I forgot to congratulate you. Spider attack made the All Star game. If you didn't hear, yeah, they're uh, they're pitching the home run derby. Him, Chapman and, uh, and Cole Chapman. made the made the All Star team. That's crazy. Look, their stretches early on were really good. They had a really really good start to the season, and then you know, I know, but then they got happened. But then they took away their superpower. It's like yeah. they, they took from Spider. It really is as though they took the radioactive Spider out of uh, Venom out of Garrett Cole. Interesting. It's like it's like I didn't think about that. It's like Peter Parker. It's the Peter Parker origin tale rewound. That's what Garrett Cole is. Hmm. Go ahead, Spaghetti. Well, two pitchers who could definitely use some spider attack with uh, mid to high five ERAs. Justice Sheffield, former Yankee, who's pitching for the Mariners, and uh, Jameson Tayon's pitching for the Yankees. Both guys prone to giving up uh, bombs. So I'm gonna go with a Mariners player here tonight. And you can get him on FanDuel right now at plus 330. Mitch Hanniger for the Mariners. He leads their team in home runs. He's uh, near the top half of the AL. I think he's 11th in AL, tied for 11th uh, in home runs with uh, 18. And look, this game, the, the total is 9.5. There's going to be a lot of home runs in this game. There's These two pitches have not been very, very good. Uh, the Mariners home. The Yankees are coming in rested, but just terrible lately i mean my god are they them. terrible uh so i i, I there's definitely some because i will give out you can listen to her against all odds we'll give it a yankee player there but i think justice sheffield and the mariners probably win game one versus jameson tyan who i think is the the worst pitcher in this and i think that their their best home run hitter mitch hanniger will uh take Tayon yard uh in game one of this series versus the mariners Boy, spider attack. Who knew the the pirates really should have been called their like their minor league system or something should be like the the um, the spider tax or something because really without it we kind of foisted Garrett Cole and and now Chaz Morton without it really does the the Houston Astros. <laughs> it is funny that uh, it seems like they did nothing. Um, on the uh, on the up and up <laughs> that they were spider tagging, stealing signs and everything else. I mean, really, you could think about Garrett Cole and Chaz Morton and all those guys and uh, and uh, how mortal uh, the Jameson Tyone has looked since uh, getting up to New York. Um, 
I don't know what that means. If that's like a victory for Pittsburgh, it's like you, you kind of got pranked by the dumb kid. I don't know. Um, but that's what happened to you, Eddie Spaghetti. All right, there you go. His pick to, to go yard there. And uh, listen, you'd be a fool not to bet that one because Eddie Spaghetti, like we say, has been red hot, not like his New York Yankees, I'm sorry to say. And that's it for us. We'll be back with uh, some extra points for you with Cousin Sal um, going forward this week against all odds, all the other shows. Make sure you're checking them out on the Extra Points Network. Eddie Spaghetti, final thoughts, or should we just say good night and we'll uh, we'll review how we did here in about 48 hours with our pal Kevin Hench? I'll, uh, I'll sign off with saying it's an honor to watch the greatest American athlete of all time, Joey Chestnut, with 76 hot dogs. That is uh, quite an impressive feat. Oh, I thought you were going to honor me there. But um, listen, I put on a show, and there was no, it wasn't about you know being on TV. It wasn't about some money. It wasn't about the fame or the backslaps that Joey Chestnut got, who once again did not listen to me, did not order an extra thick shake and gravy fries to show that it's not about remorseless eating. It's about eating for pleasure, for passion. And Damashek put on some show at Fatheads, one of the best places to get wings on the on the planet Earth. I ate many, many wings. I think I may have eaten all of them. If there are any left, though, I do think I'll eat some more. But yeah, I guess tip of the hat. You know, we're looking for uh, some good news in the U.S. of A. of late. So, uh, Tip of the hat to you, greatest American hero. I'll let uh, we'll, we'll let uh, cousin Sal and the AAO boys debate that one. But like we say, we'll be back in forty-eight short hours for you. Um, until then, for Eddie Spaghetti, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.